I moved to uh, to Kansas by a suggestion from uh, a friend of a friend who said that I'd really dig this place called Topeka. And I, I went to Topeka with, uh, you know, my American attitude of uh, Horatio Salinger, maybe. I don't remember. He was the guy that always things happened well when he worked hard and... I, I I got to Topeka and I went to college, uh, this community college, and I became the elementary educator that I am today. So I uh, grew up in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, great city, awesome place, and uh, had a wonderful boyfriend. Um, name was Dan. Loved him very much, and you know we went to high school together, ran track together, and you know soon it came senior year and. Uh, what do we do next? He was going to Wichita State down in Kansas. So I said, you know what? I love you so much. I, I'm i going to follow you. I'm going to come with you. And, you know, he was in complete agreement. We were both on the same page. It was great. Set off for Wichita, Wichita, Kansas. And we spent, you know, we spent some, some nice times together down there uh, for about the first month. And then... um. And then I found out that he was a douchebag. Uh, <laughs> turns out, um, you know, he uh, went off with other women. He didn't call me and, you know, the like. It turns out, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what Wichita did to him, but it just, you know, it just took the snap out of our relationship. It just broke us apart. But so anyway, you know, my dad raised me atheist and I, you know, came to Wichita an atheist, and with just sort of a very scientific understanding of the world, very rational outlook, um, just really analytical about things, and not not very spiritual, um, which is something I regret a little bit. But I, I don't. What I don't regret is, um, you know, not being a part of an organized religion, you know, for a good chunk of my life. Uh, things are different in Wichita, Kansas. Things are really different. Um, however, you know, nonetheless. I wanted to try it, you know. I wanted to spend my four years there, do my thing. But as soon as those four years were over, I could not wait to be as far away from Wichita, Kansas as I could get. I always revered my teachers. My teachers were always extremely intelligent people. They knew everything about the world. They knew they knew why the sky was blue, for example, or uh, why the earth is round, or why bees make honey. And, you know, I don't know any of the answers to those questions today, but here I am in front of these children, and, you know, one of them, we may be talking about, oh, say, marsupials, and they'll ask me something, you know, why does a kangaroo have a long tail? And I'll look at the kid, and this is really what develops your improv skills. Like, But these kids, they fire questions at you that are just so fascinating that you don't you don't know where they come from so when the when the kid says you know why does a kangaroo have a big tail i have to uh you know boom like that instantly come up with an explanation you know it'd be something like well johnny uh kangaroos have their tails to fight off alligators and 
then Johnny would, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, he would he would use it to hit an alligator, and that and that that is that is the teaching process. You know, it's just is being on your toes and 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 ready to answer any question that these kids are gonna throw at you. And so I went back to Madison. You know, started looking for a job. Was living at home. I you know was an education major. I was going straight into teaching. You know, figured Madison schools are great. You know, Madison's a great community. I'd love to work back in my hometown, um, far, far away from Wichita and its people. Unfortunately, the job market is not the greatest. It hasn't been for a while um, for people like me. So, you know, after a couple months, well, really about a year um, of sort of sitting around on my ass and looking for jobs... Um, my mother actually suggested that, well, you know, maybe you should try going back to Wichita. You you had that that job sort of lined up right after you graduated, but, you know, I know you turned it down because you just wanted to get the hell away from that place, but maybe it wouldn't be such a bad idea, you know? Maybe, maybe you could just try it out, you know, get some experience under your belt, then, you know, it might be easier to get a job back here. Somehow this idea made sense to me at the time. I don't know quite what I was thinking or what influence I was under, um, but... I, I, I took my mom up on it. You know, I said, fine, I, I do need experience. You know, I'm sitting here in your house eating all your food and you probably want me to be successful or something. So I guess I'll, I'll give it a shot. So um, the job actually that uh, I had lined up wasn't available anymore. So that was kind of unfortunate. But they directed me to a school in Topeka, nice high school in Topeka, Kansas, which is admittedly um, a step up from Wichita, but, you know, it's still... Still Kansas. So I took a job at Topeka West as a, you know, biology teacher. It's really my passion. And uh, young people are also my passion. And so it, sort of, it worked out, you know. It was working out for a while. Until I found out um, that I, I was required by law to teach this thing called intelligent design. I guess this law was recently passed or something. And... I don't quite know how this happened. I don't know what's uh, happening to our country, but I think people are regressing or, you know, taking dumb pills or something. But <laughs> it turns out that I actually have to teach this. I have to teach this way of thinking about the world, um, way of thinking about human history and our, our collective past um, to high schoolers in conjunction with Darwin's theory of evolution, which, you know, for years and years and years, has been accepted by the majority of the world as the way things work. So, you know, I was aghast at even the suggestion that this might become law. And then it did. And I was forced to uh, to teach it. <laughs> well, when I first heard about the, uh, the court ruling, I thought it was a, a pretty dumb idea. I mean... These backwards-ass people have enough going against them as it is. I mean, no one can think thinks that they can make anything of themselves anyways. And uh, now they're right.
there's been a lot of commotion in uh, state legislation concerning the uh, theories of evolution and the fact that we aren't broadening the minds of our students enough. And the thing is, I couldn't be more for it. This is exactly what I've been talking about all along. I've been trying to get my fellow teachers to participate in such dynamic learning, as I like to call it. We, we really want to get to the point where we are on the edge, you know, on the brink. Like, we really want to get these students involved. Unfortunately, I think I'm one of the, the few dynamic educators at our school, but that's okay. We're a building process. I see this legislation of Kansas as a, an opportunity to make these kids' minds more creative, all right, so I have to teach the intelligent design program, which is a it is a uh, a, f- a theory that uh, you know God created the universe, and then bam, you know everything was there, and you know we were created in the visage of God. So somewhere out there in the universe, there is some God-like entity who looks just like us. To me, that sounds like a bunch of wacko hooby-dooby, but intelligent design and evolutionary theory presenting both ideas now presents the opportunity for me to suggest some of these other ideas that I have formulated on my own about, you know, how the world was created. I have a very good friend uh, that I I met back down in Louisiana. He uh, was huge on Last Thursdayism. Last Thursdayism is one of my favorite evolutionary theories. Uh, Really what it means is that uh, the world as we know it has only existed since last Thursday. The hardest concept. (laughs) This will blow your minds. All right. For anybody out there who's on any illusory drugs, uh, hallucinogenic uh, mushrooms, anything like that, like this is going to blow your mind. The world was created last Thursday. (gasps) Yeah, that's right. So... When I asked my buddy, his name was Frederick, and I said, Frederick, what happens on Thursday then? What happens when you reach Thursday? Because if the world was created last Thursday, what happens when you reach this Thursday? I'm not going to go into the details of Frederick's and my conversation, but essentially what we came up with is that our time is this globular function that is always changing and it's kind of like like a goopy mess and it 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 circulates itself uh so that when you get to thursday you are actually nowhere than you were before and it's last thursday again now in topeka i was i was sort of the new kid on the block you know i'd just gotten there fresh out of college I hadn't made a name for myself yet. No one really knew who I was. You know, in Wichita, I was the crazy pink Okami hippie liberal tree hugger granola eater. And uh, sort of stigmatized for that, um, understandably. But, you know, I was, an, I was a new kid here. People didn't know me. People didn't know what my beliefs were, where I stood on things. Um, until uh, until I, I marched into the principal's office one day and uh, 
flatly refused to um, teach this intelligent design theory. I stated that it was against my principles, not only my principles, but it was against um, reality and truth and, you know, science, you know, kind of anti-science, if you will. And I was a scientist and I was a teacher responsible for providing truth and understanding of the world to, you know, young minds, young intelligent minds that would go out and rule the world someday, change the world for the better. Well, Principal McDuff didn't take too kindly to, to my uh, outburst. Um, I was sent back to my classroom and I'm told, you know, ordered to teach intelligent design. Um, you know, I don't even, I don't even know what intelligent design is. Uh, there, you know, there's no manual passed out with the law or anything, you know, just sort of said, this is a, this is an equally viable way of understanding human history and, you know, needs to be taught in conjunction with this other theory that, you know, may or may not be true. So I, uh, I was, I was just livid, really. Um, <clears throat> every time I, I tried to start talking about intelligent design to my kids, I would sort of start frothing at the mouth and, uh, you know, just sort of nervously twitching and, you know, picking at my hair or something. But in any case, I just, I couldn't do it. I, I didn't know what to say. And, and even when I, I sort of understand it now, but even, even now, like, I, I just, I really can't do it. So I didn't. From a teaching perspective, though, it's kind of nice because teaching evolution was a real pain in the ass. There's a lot of stuff you need to know. And, uh, well, the truth was, I didn't know it. And I taught it one year, you know, because I just started teaching. And let me tell you, it was tough. I mean, the kids kept asking questions. And I don't know what to tell them. I gotta go home and look this shit up then. And I got enough crap to do, you know? I mean, I just want to go home, sit down... Watch Everybody Loves Raymond and call it a night, you know? Just like anybody else. I don't have any great big questions about why the world is the way it is. And these kids don't need to have them either. They certainly don't need to have them explained. You get these calls from parents asking, you know, wh why, why are you explaining last Thursdayism to my kid? And I, my immediate responses to make them creative to make them think outside that box you see the 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 theory that we evolved that we changed from monkeys is just this simple box that they have created around our minds and it's very constraining and if you tear that box apart board by board by board suddenly you see the world in a, a new you know fourth or fifth dimension sort of way like you can push the air and the walls are moving and the floor goes all purple i, I don't know if you uh are getting what i'm trying to express but really okay let's explain Humans are, in fact, placed on Earth by aliens. And aliens, you know, in, in, this, this presents such a creative opportunity. So I present this idea 
in class. I write on the board in giant letters, aliens. And I say, all right, class, what is an alien? And we get some, you know, we make a list of what makes an alien. And before you know it, it becomes apparent that every different child has their own idea of an alien. So I have this great idea. Why don't we all dress up like our favorite aliens? This is perfect. The next day, everybody comes to class, and they're all dressed up as their favorite alien. I can't tell you how creative these children were. We had we had sheets. We had antennas. We had three eyes. We had multiple arms like this was this was the most excited state i have ever seen these children you know you're just sitting there ripped out of your gourd looking at all these miniature aliens walk into the door and you're like unbelievable (laughs) what planet are you from and they're like i'm from planet zarba and you're like awesome that's completely wicked i just i just i don't know why people aren't excited about this aliens are so cool so after i went to talk to the principal about this uh things started getting a little weird you know i I, I was the new, the new kid, you know, new teacher, what a young, idealistic, whatever, not like the others, I suppose. Um, and this was made even more um, apparent by the behavior of the other teachers towards me, in the hallways, uh, you know, in the teachers' lounge. I'd go to the teachers' lounge to, you know, eat my lunch. You know, I'd open the door and they'd all be talking and laughing and having a great time. And as soon as they saw me. Silence. They never, they never quite seemed to uh, warm up to me, and so it was, it was a little awkward, you know, eating my lunch uh, in silence with with them, uh, all sort of, you know, stealing furtive glances at me and you know whispering and things like that. I, I just, I just didn't feel comfortable, I guess, uh, in that kind of a setting. So I, I, get, I tried eating in the cafeteria, you know, with, with the kids, which was also a little weird, um, you know, because I'm, I'm. A teacher and you know they're they're my students but i i didn't really have too many options so you know I, i'd sit down um at a, t- at a table by myself you know in the corner and after about a uh, 10 minutes or so i guess the, the first day i i i felt something uh smack into the the back of my head um and it was a turnip and uh i think someone i think someone threw it at me because uh, not long after that um a smattering of uh cooked carrots hit my back and I just figured, you know, maybe they didn't like the presence of an adult in, in their in their cafeteria, you know, just sort of disrupted the atmosphere, you know, the student sort of vibe, you know, whatever. So that, that was fine. Um, I was running out of options, though, so I... Well, there's this janitor who, I don't know, he always winked at me when he saw me, you know, walking down the hall. It's a little creepy, I guess, a little creepy, but... He's kind of my only friend at the school. Uh, so, you know, one day I just I just walked up to him and said, uh, excuse me, would you mind giving me a, a, a key to the janitor's closet? He said, uh, but of course. Something like that. And uh, slipped me a key the next day and uh, winked as he walked away. But I, I, I really never... I, I tried to avoid him. Um, and I, I just sort of go to the janitor's closet at lunchtime and quietly eat my lunch with the cleaning solution. 
which actually gave me a pretty pretty bad migraine most most days. Um, couldn't really think straight after lunch. Since the courts decided that really we can teach whatever we like, I just tell the kids, well, when it comes down to it, the world doesn't make a lot of sense. So, uh, you know, it just is how it is. And they're going to have to deal with that. But it's really nice, though, because it, it takes out like uh, three weeks or so of the curriculum. And, you know, uh, by the end of the year, I'm getting really sick of it. I just want to go home, have a daiquiri, and call a year done. So when it, when it gets to the classes at the end of the day, I just tell them they can go home. You know, I figure they're gonna, just going to go off and cook up some crystal meth anyways, and that's basically a science project. You know, being an alien was one of the best best days of our school year and you know the the children loved it because when you when you asked them at the end of the year what were your favorite days dressing up as your favorite alien was one of their favorites why because they express themselves and that is what i think we are missing in our education system the creativity of the students yeah Really, no one liked me. Uh, I remember I was walking down the hall on a Thursday afternoon um, when all, a lot of the kids have gym class, and you know, they ran by me in the hall. And and then I I was hit, hit in the back of the head again, but this time by a, a dodgeball. And uh, <laughs> the gym teacher ran by, swept up the ball, and dashed away after the kids. And I just, you know, it just struck me as a little strange that you, you chuck dodgeballs at your fellow teachers. But I'm pretty sure he did it. Um, he, you know, he didn't say anything. He just, he just kind of scooted away. And uh, I just, just little incidents like that. You know, I, I just kind of get the feeling that maybe I'm just not really wanted there. Um, but you know, it's, it's, that's how things went for a while. Um, I was still refusing to teach intelligent design, um, and I, I think the other teachers knew it. Um, I think they they sort of got wind of that through through the principal, and it seems seems sort of like they uh, held a bit of a grudge against me for being so obstinate. But you know, what are you gonna do? I I can't I I, I cannot bring myself to indoctrinate those children with that crap. I I just I can't do it. My life is. Uh, pretty much miserable uh right now um i really not having the best time i i cry myself to sleep most nights and take take some aspirin to sort of get rid of the the headache from the cleaning fumes the kids that know a damn thing are gonna go to a decent college where they'll learn this if they need to anyways and for the rest of them well they don't really need science like, the class at all. I mean, what are they ever going to use it for? You can't learn anything in the science classroom that most of these 
kids won't need to use that they couldn't learn in an auto garage, you know? And uh, that's what shop class is for. I had one of my most mind-opening experiences when my Catholic mother uh, thought I had a drug addiction problem. And before I knew it, I was in an intervention and they sent me out to Wyoming, which was actually one of the best experiences of my life for any buddy who is out there and on any kind of amazing drug get your family to have an intervention they'll send you to wyoming and you meet some of the most unbelievable people that you've ever met i met uh runs with horses and uh flowing like water two of two of my i still keep in touch and we keep in touch by the craziest of ways you know it's the it's the it's you you think and then you write a note and you put it in a bottle and you let it drift down the river and you know that flows like water will find this note in a couple days just because he is so ethereal and unbelievably everywhere or uh omnipresent perhaps anyways i met these guys when i was out in wyoming and they explained their own creation story of how the world was created and this is this is a very awesome and a very american idea of how the world really started apparently the universe is just this gigantic sea of floating entities and and turtle brought earth to its current position and crow dropped burning sun into the orbit of a flying atmosphere of blackness which suddenly was shed with light which allowed for the beings to float out of the earth that turtle brought and before you knew it orca had blessed the land with his graceful blowhole, making the earth ready for the people to rise up. And we are only the ground and the earth composed of orca mucus and turtles, entity of spirit. And you know, this is the kind of idea which on peyote is just so amazingly colorful and expressive you can see the animals i myself was coyote and all i remember is in my naked runnings through the desert is that i did become that coyote this was more the 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 when you saw a crow in the sky and you saw cactus and turtle it became more apparent that life isn't just I came from a monkey. Life is spirit. Life is color. Life is tranquil. I used to care about these sort of things. Back in college, I was, you know, well, okay, maybe not back in college, but maybe back in high school, I would write a letter or something. But, you know, nowadays, I got enough taking up my time to not have to worry about this. And if it makes my life easier, all the more for it. I mean, I got mortgage payments, but there's other things I want to do with my life, too. So, you know, I I didn't vote in the last election. I'm not going to vote in the next one. 
What's it matter? You know, I wake up every morning with with resolve and uh, determination to make it a better day than the last. To try to dodge that dodgeball. To try to smile at one of my fellow teachers and have them smile back. That day has yet to come, but I'm hopeful. <laughs>